we are one world, we share this planet. It's all lovely talk, but it's very hard to capitalize on it now and to make it real at the moment. It's a goal to understand solidarity in that global concept. It's something that we hope to achieve one day, but still needs time. Welcome back to the Europe Talk Solidarity Podcast. This is Diuk Pirsch, your traveling host. And this time around, I'm a bit further away from home. I've come to Hong Kong, where Amar Arafa is currently based. He's a trainer and researcher from Cairo, Egypt. I'm here to speak with him about the motivations behind solidarity and the dangers of trying to save other people. Well, let's listen to what he's got in store for us. Hello, Hamar. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for taking the time for this interview. How are you today? Hello, good. I'm good. Thank you. Can you tell us a bit about yourself? My name is Amr Arafa. Actually, my name is pretty common back home in Egypt, where I'm from. I have been working in the youth field since I was a university student, you know, with university uh, groups and uh, exploring with non-formal learning opportunities. How would you describe yourself to our listeners? Well, I would say I'm very easy to paint in a way because my head is quite circle-like, almost perfect circle. I shave my head, so there's no complexity of hair on it. I have a, a beard a slight beard, and physically I am about 170 centimeters. I always try <laughs> to be non-formal in my appearance, so you will very rarely see me in suits or shirts, usually t-shirts and baggy pants or shorts. And why is that? Is there a particular reason? Um, I feel more comfortable in it. Also, I spend my fair share in corporate field, wearing suits and ties, and I think I'm past this now. All right. Amr, since this is also a traveling podcast, let me ask you, what do you like the most about Hong Kong? The city is, is huge. It's like whatever a person would imagine when you say Hong Kong is these big high skyscrapers, uh, huge buildings, very crowded streets, which is true. But it's not the whole picture. Because in the background, you can see the green mountains and just a few minutes train ride from the city. Then you can be in the nature with uh, amazing scenery. It's very green, very natural. I think every traveler should experience it. Now, let's talk about the main topic of the podcast, solidarity. I'm curious about your story with it. What has led you to work with and write about solidarity? My understanding of solidarity a few years back was very simple and very, now I would say, was very superficial. For me, solidarity was a term that was put to show that we understand people in need, we understand the problem of uh, vulnerable communities, so that, that was my understanding. But after getting involved in youth work and mobility of young people across borders, Amr started investing more time and effort to understand the actual concept of solidarity in a broader sense, particularly from the perspective of youth work in his region. So, how is Amr's understanding and definition of solidarity now? 
This is very hard. It's still work in progress. I mean, my understanding of the term is still work in progress. But I understand now it's understanding of the other, whether uh, the other is in need or not. Uh, it's not just limited to this. It's the understanding of the other for the purpose of progress or for the purpose of moving forward together uh, as a global community. So it's a step that might take a certain amount of time, but it's also a two-way uh, step between us and the others. Can you remember a situation in which solidarity was shown directly to you? I work in several in several countries, and the idea that people could come to me with critical questions about where I come from, about my identity, about my culture, I would see it as a solidarity act. For example, when I come from a Muslim background, and I usually with the festivities of the uh, Muslim religion, someone would approach me with a genuine question and a very simple question like, why is there is this holiday? So I registered that as an act of solidarity, this uh, curiosity to understand something that is not related to the person and their uh, curiosity is based on um, their interest to understand who am I? You talked about solidarity as moving forward together as a global community. Could you say that solidarity is something universal? Yes, I would say yes, it is. It's a human interaction, human to human interaction. So it's universal. At the same time, Amar tells me that solidarity to him is multi-layered. And I want to understand better what he means by that. Okay, when I just said that it's a human-to-human reaction, so it's, this is one layer of it, is one person showing solidarity to another person. But there are more layers, maybe one person showing solidarity to a community or a community showing solidarity to a community, a group of um, people in a certain situation showing solidarity to uh, different... There is a complexity in it. Amar then illustrates his point. If he shows solidarity to me, it could be directly to me as an individual or also to me as part of a community of travelers, for example. This difference may seem small, but it might reveal yet another layer of solidarity. Motivation. So speaking about the motivation, it's important to be transparent, to understand, okay, why you're approaching me or why do we have this interaction? Is there some gain out of it for you, for me, for both of us? So to understand this, to be transparent. So I, I would say to make it simple, motivation has to be discussed. Amar, would you say there are any ethical differences to solidarity depending on someone's motivation? Meaning that there will be some motivations that are not ethical, that are unethical? Yeah, depending on what prompts us to, to act. Uh, I would stay out of, of the labeling something as unethical because there is a different discussion. But I would say that the motivation might be misplaced. So that's why the transparency of why are we doing this solidarity act is important. If you're showing me solidarity based on your understanding of who am I and what I'm doing and my life, and you based this motivation and you took an action, when you explain to me this, my reply to you is like, I don't have this element that you're showing solidarity 
to me. It's misplaced. I am very happy that you're showing solidarity to me, but at the same time, I'm not the person that you thought I am. You have had some assumptions or you misread some of my reality, so you showed solidarity, but it was misplaced. We set aside the unethical part of you have like the hidden agendas or something like this. That's a different story. We keep that aside. But I would say that motivation sometimes is misplaced. So, in other words, we need to be careful about the assumptions we make about others. They could feel embarrassed or even hurt by what we might be projecting on them. Interesting. Amr, let's move on to the focus of your article, the Mediterranean. Looking at that region, what do you think are the challenges for solidarity in the countries neighboring the Mediterranean? Okay, challenges, I, um, I would say that we're still working on the understanding of solidarity, which is, is still a work in progress. We're still understanding more and more. Uh, so the first challenge would be that solidarity concept could be easily reduced to aid or reduced to... It could be easily, misconcept, reduced to this. For Amar, with solidarity, one big challenge is to keep balance between what is needed now, the urgent issue to be solved, and the background work that has to be made to change things in a sustainable way. He considers solidarity as not only aid or charity, but instead it's really about trying to understand and to build together with the communities who need those acts of solidarity. So it's challenging that process might take time and that would create some complexities in reducing it to charity uh, or aid kind of actions. That's one challenge that we might have in the countries neighboring to the European Union. And on the topic of borders and solidarity? We all say as a global community, we have to show solidarity without the concept of borders. But in reality, no, borders exist in solidarity at the time being. There was also uh, research about solidarity in Europe. So the borders inside the European Union still play a role in solidarity within Europe. In Amr's opinion, whether physical borders between countries or symbolic borders between communities, they always induce a separation between us and them. And when we extrapolate it to the global level... One example I would say is the COVAC uh, initiative, for example. Still, the global community didn't manage to send vaccines for countries who cannot afford to buy vaccines. So, yes, the talk is there. It, we live in one world. Whatever is affecting these countries will affect the other countries. But in reality, in practicality, that didn't happen. So, yes, borders are now part of solidarity. I also asked Hammer how he got involved with Europe Talk Solidarity with his article. He explains how the change of narrative from the European Voluntarity Service to the European Solidarity Corps were something that got him thinking. Now, as solidarity is in the title, solidarity is in the focus. So what does that imply for, uh, for everyone participating in the program? Volunteers, maybe, or organizations? Amar reflects about the learning and the personal development of young people, which had been a central element to the EVS. And with the European Solidarity Corps, it seemed to be pushed a bit into the background, since now showing solidarity could be more important and could compromise learning and developing. 
meaning that would volunteers think more that I have to show solidarity than to focus on my learning? Or would organizations start building solidarity-based projects disregard or put the learning as a secondary goal? Also, the idea of putting the solidarity now in focus of the mobility program. When looking at other international uh, volunteering programs, there have been some critical thoughts about them, like thinking about the white savior complexity for these volunteers come like with the coming from the global north to the global south. So there was some critical approach to these programs. And I've always thought of EVS as something different from these programs. But now with the solidarity in focus, I was thinking that the new narrative is closer to these programs. So then the critical perspective to these programs should apply as well to the European Solidarity Corps. You just mentioned the term white savior. How would you define it? Okay, I have to say before we can define it, that white savior is not a bad person. It's not the best image that one wants to be. And that relates to what I was saying earlier about misplacing your uh, motivation. Your motivation is misplaced. Basically, I, I would say white savior, the white originally comes from the skin color, I assume. But I think it goes wider than that now. It comes position of power. So meaning someone with from a position of power that offers help for someone that do not possess this power as a savior, as someone that is going to save them just for the good of it and um, has a sort of altruistic perception of what you're doing. So I'm not gaining anything. I'm just helping you because I am a savior, because this is what I do. Because I am in power, I chose to do this. So it's not a good position to have. And what should white people do in order to be solidary and create a positive impact and at the same time not fall into the pitfall of being a white savior? Okay, first thing is to critically think about your motivation and to be honest about it. So why I am doing this, what I am gaining out of it. So to understand why you're taking that action, then to educate yourself about the situation that you are about to get yourself in, the realities of what you are about to get yourself in, to make sure that whatever action you are taking is suitable or is beneficial to the reality that you're putting yourself in. So to educate yourself, try to seize any opportunity of understanding and also not to assume anything, not to assume that someone is in need of help because that's what appears to you or someone is leading unfortunate life because what what's appears to you. Also, try to be honest about the process, about learning. And when you do a mistake, you have to understand that it's a, it's a learning process and you do a mistake, then you, you apologize for what you did and you move on. So to try to understand the reality and to educate yourself of the background and not to assume anything and to know that it's a learning process and that you can and you will make mistakes and what you should do when you do these mistakes. We were talking here about white saviors and white people, but what about non-white people? Can it happen to them as well? As I said, the white here is not a skin color or race. I think it's a position of power. So whoever in a position of power 
could be a, a white savior. So uh, if we are talking about helping some vulnerable groups, you are in a position of power because you have the privilege to, to go there and to help them. So then you have to be aware if you're helping these vulnerable groups. If you're not careful, you might risk being a white savior, even if you're not white, but you're in a position of power. Can you think of competences and attitudes that programs like European Solidarity Course should help volunteers develop in order to avoid falling into such power dynamics? Okay, so one thing to be critical of your motivation. So to keep asking why, to keep deeper. That's maybe a reality that not everyone is comfortable with. So you have to keep asking why and you have to be comfortable with the uncomfortableness that you will face while digging deeper. Also, when you're educating yourself about the context, you also have to be critical in what resources are you getting this information or the resources you're educating yourself. So to be critical of any information that you're getting about the local community, the host community, and to try to see different perspectives, meaning not to take it only from one side and then then you will be falling into the same bit again. It's, it's like a, This is the perception of one side of the host community. Amar considers that both organizations implementing solidarity programs and participants should be aware and honest about their motivations and about what they can learn from such experiences. He believes that this shared self-awareness is essential to avoid a top-down approach and to practice meaningful solidarity. What they should ask themselves, what can I possibly learn from this experience? And that includes the understanding of the host community. And then when after understanding and spending time with the host communities, then you can start thinking and ask yourself, what role I can play within this host community so I can be beneficial to them. And you do that not by imposing yourself, by discussing with the host community, by discussing of the possibilities. You have to ask yourself motivation. You have to ask yourself what I am going to learn, and then what role can I play in the process at the host community? Wow, Amr. Thank you so much for bringing up these questions. Uh, this conversation was really interesting and inspiring. Thanks for your time and to be here with us today chatting about solidarity. Thank you very much, Diego. Thank you. It's been really good to be out of Europe to have a look at it from another perspective. Although I'm not participating in an exchange program soon, I'll be thinking about the questions Amherst left us with. Anyway, time to go to a country where Asia meets Europe. I'm going to Turkey to speak with Özgehan Şanyuva about solidarity in these crazy times we've been through. And I also want to ask him about one thing I've read that has intrigued me. In Turkish, solidarity is a verb. How does that work? Well, stay with me to find out how this story continues. See you soon. This is a series of Salto European Solidarity Corps Resource Center, produced by Instituto Now. The theme song, Solidarity Unifies Us, is composed and sung by Paula Geers. 
For more information and resources on solidarity and the European Solidarity Corps, go to www.salto-youth.net/solidarity. Our love to share.